If you have noticed that streaming costs appear to be rising, you are not alone. That is, in fact, happening. And it's a trend that is sticking around. Many experts predicting consumers will be facing higher subscription prices, and that will continue. But why? What is causing this surge in streaming prices? Vincent Georgie is an assistant professor of marketing at the University of Windsor's Odette School of Business, also executive director of the Windsor International Film Festival. Vincent, thank you so much for being with us. Jill, good morning. It's a pleasure. Good morning. I think a lot of people have probably noticed, and maybe as we go and find more streaming services, that the price is increasing. Is it demand or what is it that's causing this? Yeah, there's a couple of factors at play. The first piece is there's actually uh, too many competitors in this space. Uh, This marketplace is really, really full. Ultimately, the pie that everyone's trying to get a slice of uh, has too many people eating off of it. So because of that, you know, the slices of the pie are pretty thin. So they're looking to make as much, you know, revenue as possible, considering the market basically hasn't shaken out yet. You know, not enough competitors have left uh, this space. That's one thing. The second piece is over the past 10 years, we've not just seen you know, different streaming platforms pop up, you know, left, right and center, but a lot of them making some very expensive acquisitions of films and TV shows or very, very expensive investments in production uh, and even, you know, getting to awards campaigns and this type of stuff. So you've got a sector that has been consistently actually overspending and you've got too many competitors in the sector, so there's not enough profit to be made. So this is why there, there's, uh, there's, there's a squeeze here. Is it also that people got kind of brought into this or, or were, were joining these streaming services, subscribing to them at lower prices and the idea of then you become used to it and you're watching shows. So even if the price goes up, you're already kind of sucked in and you want to keep it. So you're going to pay more and they know that. Yeah, Jill, very, very much. I mean, the, the strategy with all of these platforms, you know, whether you're looking at a Netflix or a Crave or a Hulu or an Amazon Prime or what have you, Disney Plus, on and on, is, of course, have introductory pricing. So, you do a free month or, you know, start off for a couple of dollars, these types of things, and you continue on. And because these are things that are attached to everyone's credit card, you know, depending how judiciously you review your credit card statements or what have you, you kind of forget what you've subscribed to or, or things sort of carry on over time. And that's where it sort of creeped up with people of realizing, one, the frequency they're using some platforms versus others. You might be on something, you know, often, another one, not not very much. But sort of the out-of-sight, out-of-mind quality, I think really up to now, but now that's become really much more of a social conversation. I think people are taking a closer look at the credit card bills. The average Canadian consumers actually have five five subscriptions to streamers per, per household. Now, you can be looking at about $100 a month just on, on streaming services, and I think people are taking a closer look at their bill. Right, because when it first started, it almost seemed like a less expensive option or a way where, where yes. maybe you could actually save some money. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, oh, well, you know, I can cut my cable because I'm getting this one subscription for $9.99, what have you. But as prices went up and then you started adding platforms because their content strategy was, you know, everyone had the latest hot film or the latest hot series, but they weren't all, of course, on one platform. So you, you, you sort of get sucked into this idea of, okay, well, I've got my Netflix account, but oh, no, that major new film is now over on Amazon, or oh, that, that hot new series is over on you know, Disney+. Plus. 
and then you start adding and adding, and then the introductory prices go away, and it's no longer, you know, a couple of dollars a month. It starts going up and up. And there's nothing wrong with the streaming platforms overall. They're, 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 they're good at what they do. But the problem is, I think, big picture, is that it, it's difficult to really see that households are actually using all the platforms that they subscribe to, when you look at some of the data on usage rates or what have you, um, there tends to, at least one out of five of those, those subscriptions that we're seeing in households, one account is actually dormant. Hmm. So, and so they're still paying for it, but just not using yeah. it. Yeah. Huh. Exactly right. Exactly. These, are, these are turning into sort of those terrible gym memberships that everyone gets in January. And, and by March, you've forgotten about them, but they're still being tacked on your credit card bill. Which seems a bit strange when we're talking about uh, so many things costing more and people uh, looking to stretch those dollars, whether you're at the grocery store or paying for streaming services. That I mean, it's not as though uh, the gym membership, I know uh, in, the, in the past too, they can really suck you in and it can be difficult to get out of the membership. But it's not, unless I'm missing something, it's not that difficult difficult to cancel a streaming service. No, they, they, they are very, very easy, actually. I mean, absolutely, the barriers to exit are very, very low. It's, 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 it's quite simple in that way. It's a question of the effort to do so. I think part of it, too, is the awareness of what are you subscribing to, how many of them are still on your credit card, and and what's your usage. You know, it's something that, you know, if you're watching, you know, binging a series, as an example, on Amazon Prime, you might have been using that account actually very heavily over a period of time and then dropped off. So it's a question of do you need to keep the account going? or not you because there's 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 there are very low barriers to exit and barriers to entry you can resubscribe in a heartbeat and there's, there's no real penalty in either direction um so i i i i wonder if we're going to start going into a period where people are subscribing and ending subscriptions more of an up and down fashion as opposed to just sustaining all these subscriptions with some clearly that that you're no longer using Hmm. What about how the services are changing in that? And I know if you go back way, way back when people will remember first signing onto Netflix and it wasn't that expensive, but it was just what the one package and you got the, the subscription and you got access to that. Do you see things changing as far as now there will be different tiers and that this one has ads, this one doesn't, and you'll people might be willing to pay more for not as many ads or more for a different type of service? Yeah, I, I, I definitely do. I mean, historically, I mean, since the advent of, of television advertising, we've been paying for so-called free TV with our eyeballs. You know, for a 22-minute sitcom, we pay with eight minutes of advertising and watching. That's how that model works. And it's fine. That, that, that's just how that's structured. So we can definitely expect some different tiered pricing with our streamers in terms of advertising versus no advertising. I can also imagine, too, a release strategy of a hot new film or hot new TV series of members of the top tier will get it, you know, a week early. Those types of models, you'll definitely look at some premium rewarding for premium costs. And I would think, too, that that might lead people to, I mean, unless you just don't care. And like you said, you're not really paying attention to your credit card bill. That could lead people to choose their favorites. If you're going to put all your money into one streaming service, be a top tiered client and get those perks rather than kind of sprinkling it out over a bunch of different ones. That's exactly right. That, that's exactly right. I, I think we're going to see some consolidation on the consumer side of picking and choosing early where their best efforts and interests are. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's the same platform, even of the same year, you know, they, they, that can go up and down. Um, but the, the other piece, too, that, that 
this sector needs very, very badly, and I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, is we need far, far more uh, consolidation and compression here. Um, there are simply too many competitors. Everyone's in the streaming game, and we've not seen people exit. Um, you know, so so ultimately, with too many competitors here, it's sort of like saying, you know, you've got 25 different pizza shops on one street. It's not tenable. We need less of them. Some of them have to close or some of them have to buy each other out, but we, we need less of them overall and we need some consolidation here. Interesting. We don't often hear about that. Usually it's we want more choice and we want more options out there, not less. But do you think that will happen then naturally as people start shifting away from certain streaming services and go to others? If it, if it no longer becomes a model that works for them, will they just kind of naturally go away or they'll try and stay and, and we'll see this many in the market? I, you know what? I expected the consolidation to happen a couple of years ago, and it hasn't, so I was wrong on that. What I would say is, because the slices of pie are thinner and thinner, I think you're going to get to a point where you're going to have a conglomerate or, or a major investor work with one of the streamers to simply buy up a couple of the other ones. People have, a couple of the competitors have to exit this market. There's simply too many of them, and that consolidation has to happen. I thought it would have, it would have happened about two years ago. It, it didn't, but this market is prime for uh, some consolidation. I think there's there going to be some, some definite uh, acquisitions of, of some of these streamers to sort of shake this up a little bit. It's going to be needed because the profit margins just aren't there. What was that? What will that mean, though, for consumers? Won't that be not necessarily a good thing in that they then hold the cards and can set prices even higher? Yeah, they, they potentially can. That's absolutely true. It would mean potentially less subscriptions in that, you know, there's a couple of streamers that disappear that you subscribe to. So you can just subscribe to, you know, one that you already have. Um, it could mean a little bit. Um, more choice if there's a bit more consolidation. And that's funny, it seems counterintuitive, but there could be a bit more choice because if they're making that much more money, they might be able to acquire that many more different uh, films and, and TV series. I think that, that's an opportunity. Um, we'll see. I'd love to see how it plays out, but it, it's, this is a very surprising industry that has not shaken out yet because the, there's, there's been too many competitors for at least five years and we all expected a few to depart the market. It hasn't happened yet. It's a bit slow, but it, it, it actually has to head in that direction. We will uh, certainly be watching to see what happens next. Vincent Georgie, thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Jill, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much.